0: This is why you need to like feed me energy drinks before a podcast or any event. That's why I am fantastic when I have a coffee pot full of Red Bull. Oh God, I remember that. It's a regular or amaretto.
1: Didn't that thing break? Or Red Bull and amaretto. Uh,
0: Yes, they have been missing. So if you ever find a small coffee pot and you don't need it, just give it to me.
1: Welcome to another episode of Hobby in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. Ward. And this week, our very special guest, also by the name of Dan, but if we want, we can call him Danny, so people don't get confused. That would be preferred. Let's do it. Done. Okay, so, um, we'll just jump right into things. Uh, I guess we are... And the astute listener will notice that we're gonna be we are down two people today, but uh, don't worry, they are both alive, and we're hoping that if we can get the ransom money out to the kidnappers soon enough, that we will see them back in one piece.
0: All body parts connected,
1: except for that one toe we got in the mail.
0: Well, I put that on ice, so hopefully it's good.
1: <laughs> good, that was, that was quick thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I did not know that you were so like on top of this I'm whole kidnapping on the fucking thing. Ball
2: on Did, the ball. Do they also send us a ball? <laughs> Not this time. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> They've
0: talked about it, but okay,
2: that's next. <laughs> okay, I uh, really need to get that ransom money in before we start getting mutilated genitals in the mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. My. Uh, that was Welcome.
0: Welcome to the show, Danny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like we got to like put on a show for you or something cuz it's cause Okay, it's, guys. Uh, this isn't dungeons and dick jokes. We can move on. It could it, be. It, honestly, every time I'm talking about our podcast, I'm like, you know, we talk about uh, reviewing hobby products. We talk about different games that we're playing. But mostly, it's just like dick and fart <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Well, So.
3: the listeners didn't get the five, six minutes of of that we could have recorded.
0: That oh, was perfect. There, was, there were some good ones.
1: Okay. Oh, there'll be more. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, why don't uh, Danny, what have you been uh, working on this week in the hobby? Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, well, I've recently gotten into Drop Fleet because I've
3: been... Finally pressured into it, so I <laughs> I, I gave in. Uh, play UCM and uh, uh, against all against all suggestions from other people, they're like, you know, they're not great. I'm like, yeah, but but I want to try the underdog. I'm going to give it a shot, and so I'm trying to do uh, something that Dan taught me or showed me, which was the yellow. I know. I <laughs> okay, <didn't-> okay. <laughs> just,
0: just
3: take your hands off the table, man. All right, all right, all right. Yellow glazing over top of white because just painting white over top of, uh, and admittedly, I, I primed everything black because I just that's how I've been painting for god knows how many years. That's what I do, yeah. That's generally what I default to as well. I can't get white primer to work, so I tried solid white and it looked like crap. And then I tried, uh, or sorry, sorry, uh, black with yellow on top and it looked bad. And then I base coated it ivory from Vallejo, the mm-hmm. game color. And then, good having your phone on. Vibrate there, Ward. It's
0: professional. That's, that's the way I like it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's <laughs> better than a ringer. Did you
3: have to put it on your dick
0: now? I did now. <laughs> I'm hoping they call back.
1: <laughs> it oh. also provides a sound dampener. <laughs> if I layer it. <laughs> oh, my. All another right. dick? <laughs> so we'll get, like, another dick on top of the... Leg and
0: phone and... I don't know you
1: well enough to do that. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Anyway. Anyway, moving
3: on, moving on, glazing. So I think that's the way I'm going to go, multiple thin coats. Then uh, do the red because I'm going to try to go for Imperial Fist theme just because I think it looks really sharp. Um, It's a good scheme when it works. It's freaking one of the best. And depending on who you read, easy. And then we'll go from there. I'm going to start with the frigates and I'll move my way up to the cruisers. That's what I'm working
1: on. Nice. So, we've got someone else painting things in Imperial Fist colors other than Ward? Sure, why not? Oh my god, I feel like Ken Bish just got an erection.
0: <laughs> I didn't give it to him. <laughs> That's for sure. I feel so out of place. That's a reference. Of you, do, you don't know? Oh, Ken Bish is my stalker. Oh. Yeah. Does best he best listen person. to you on the podcast? Oh, yeah. And comments frequently <laughs> when I don't paint Imperial Fists. Which is yes. always. Yes.
1: It amuses the fuck out of the rest of us. So, like, please keep it up.
0: Because <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, so you know this Ken guy, right? And I'm like, I have no idea who Ken is. It's
1: pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, All <laughs> yeah, right, Morda, what if, uh, tell us about the things other than Imperial Fists you've been working on. Uh,
0: well, I spent a whole bunch of money, which we'll talk about uh, shortly. That wasn't the question. I know, I know. Uh, but I am working on uh, the Imperial Bastions. Um, so I actually did a double-decker bastion. Uh, so I took two bastions and instead of doing both regular size, I made one super tall and one short little bit, little fat bastard. So I'm gonna do okay. Because I I three, don't know why you would do such a thing. Because I have three regular ones already, right? So you know where you just like put the like the wall section, so it's like double walls. Yeah. And and height, so just for mixing up a little bit. So do a fortified imperial city.
1: So you've been working on train before onslaught. I'll,
0: I'll probably be working on terrain solid for the next 2 months in some sort of fashion.
1: I'd say probably until you Seven stop weeks. running on solid.
0: 7 weeks. Well, yeah, I've got probably enough and I I always want to buy more cuz I'm stupid. But uh yeah, terrain, That's a big thing. That's good. The the first step to admitting you have or the first step to resolving a problem is admitting that you have a problem. I have also started working on my drop zone uh, <gasps> new drop ships. <gasps> They were the special yeah. event only ones. I picked up six of them. For which faction? For PHR. Does it mean we're gonna play sometime soon? We could possibly because I'm going to need some practice for Vegas.
1: Oh, I'll practice the shit out of it with for Vegas with you because I'm also into that. You and me both. We're gonna play Drop Zone in Vegas. Are in you good in time. Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. No, I for me Vegas is gonna was immediately all about Drop Zone because i want to play in a twenty person Alpha tournament. Yeah. I can do that in Alberta. Yeah. If I want to play in a twenty-person drop zone tournament, that's not going to happen. So I got to go to Vegas. Fair enough,
2: very true. Okay. So
1: yeah, oh. uh, Dan, what about you, man?
2: Um, in between bouts of organizing and cleaning and doing all kinds of other stuff in the new hobby space, um, I decided to waste some time and actually paint some of the terrain rather than just putting it on the shelf where it belongs. Oh. So I've been picking out details on some of the uh, Warhammer fantasy scenery, like the old Witch Fate tour and stuff like that, like painting skulls by the absolute bucket loads and uh, picking out other, like the various glyphs and icons and some of the metalwork and stuff like that, whereas before, they were just uh, dry brush stone and a
1: couple of like accent-color stones picked out. Cool. So and for anyone that doesn't know, we are actually in uh, Hobby Night Studio B right now, um, which is Dan's basement, so... It's kind of exciting. We're somewhere new. It's a little little different. We will be gentle because it's the first time. No, we're not.
0: (laughs) Fair enough.
2: But, uh, yeah, so it is the the new hobby space, which has been a decent amount of work getting set up and organized so far, Mm -hmm. but uh, really stoked to see it all done, and I've got the area rug and proper chairs on order for the last week or two, so they should uh, help complete the look a little bit, but... It yeah. be should be good, and who knows, maybe at some point we get some battle reports or other videos or other content down here at some point, because it'd be
3: pretty pretty uh, decent background for it, so. You were thinking what I was thinking. Camera?
0: Yes.
1: Ooh, I've, sex camera? I wasn't just, gonna go there, but... the
0: bed, yeah.
3: This oh, isn't man. the bed,
0: though. It could be. Oh, wait, we have the game down here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bed's upstairs. Wait, you just thought it was the I'm, fuck pad? I'm completely aware of everything. Okay. <laughs>
3: Did you know that that's the that's the sex dungeon over there? Oh, it's, it's called the, it's it. called the
1: fungeon. <laughs> it's where the Truman lives. Uh, yes, I am also
0: aware of that.
1: Oh man, um, moving on. So I've been working on my Grimkin. Um, I feel like we didn't really get a much of a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet because it was kind of like baby steps of starting into doing this whole. Um, kind of challenge with a few friends of mine where we're all trying to paint up 75-point lists in three months, Um, but that's basically dominated all my time in the last two and a half weeks, four weeks, month? Yes, month. Something like that. Um, August-ish? Yeah. I realized very quickly that, you know, I talked about this in terms of my cephalics. We haven't talked about me working on Grimkin yet. Because I was originally going to work on my Cephalix for, for this whole project. And then about a week in, the Grimkin box came in and I bought it. And I was like, hey guys, is it okay if I switch up what I'm working on? And uh, they're like, yeah, just paint your fucking models. Which, to that, I can't really say anything. Um, and so I started working on the Grimkin. And I, I've had a couple weeks where the models are like 80% done. But then I'll like put the Black rim on the base and call it done for the time being. So for the purposes of the challenge, like, they're playable, fully painted bottles, but they're not...
0: They're three colors.
1: Well, they're, they're like, twelve. Well,
0: three colors is minimum. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they're fine, but mm-hmm. they're not done-done. But I'm gonna try and push myself. I'm trying to speed up my technique of how I'm painting up the... Excuse me, the Dreadrots? And they should actually... I'm hoping to get those guys done in time. The Peter Pumpkinheads? Yeah. Nice. So... Because that first one was pretty quick, and what I ended up doing, actually, was airbrushing a lot more base coats, but because I'm going back and manually shading it, I don't really care about overspray.
0: That's true. Like, if uh, are you, you just spraying and highlighting one color?
1: No highlights, just base coats. Just base coats. What I did, the base coating on the denim, the metal the burlap sacks and the pumpkin heads on all 10 in like an hour.
0: Are they quite separated then for the overspray or... No,
1: but I'm going back and, um, like painting in and kind of, um... Fuck, I, I hate to say this out so loud. I'm two-brush blending a lot of my shading. Um, which feels douchey to say.
2: <laughs> for whatever reason, it is the most pretentious-sounding painting technique to come
1: along in a while. Yeah, when also um, I'm not too brush blending I'm just like eating paint instead because <laughs> <Yeah, that, laughs> I'm that so happens. much fucking lazier like I'm not gonna like have a second brush in my mouth and like switch brushes when I can just do like a quick swish in the water lick off the rest and then blend like that just seems that's what I do
0: yeah I turned out fine yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: dude that the look in those eyes tell me so many other things um but so, yeah, like just painting in around. Because most of the shading's in the overspray or in some spots, like the final highlighting, but then I'm blending that up anyways. So I just don't have to worry about it. It's actually. The first one painted up super fast.
0: Gotcha. And then so. you've just been lazy for
1: the other ones. Is that what you're saying? Well, I started yesterday, dude. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> Which enough. is like a week earlier than I've done for the rest of this challenge. I,
0: I had no time frame reference, so I just was being an ass.
1: And I do want to. I got to just say while we're talking about this right now. Um, so I was talking with Taylor, one of the guys doing the challenge, and apparently they leaked some new rules for Sorsha 3 where she's in war armor. I've seen pictures. And he was just like, fuck trolls, I want to paint war. and this was on, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're getting together on Friday to have this whole ch- painting challenge thing, and he's like, can I switch to Kador? And my words were like, this: like, just pay- if you can paint 15 points in three days, have at her. So he did. He was just like fuck it and painted up 15 points in three days. So, well I played, Taylor. Yeah. So kudos to that. Like, <laughs> well, you called my bluff. I don't know. You stepped up to the challenge. Why not? Um, so I, I could probably rant a little bit more about what's going on there. So I'll save that for later. But uh, let's jump into Ward. You were talking about spending some money. What the? What were you buying?
0: Oh, uh, so I have a new favorite company. Uh, new flavor of the week, uh, I will be playing some Blood Bowl. <gasps> yes! So, I have purchased, uh, two factions. Uh, one is currently in Kickstarter, which should be arriving December, and the other one is out right now, so we'll see how fast they get shipped from Italy, so. From which Gre- ones? From Grebo Games, I picked up the Dark Elf Kickstarter. Yep. Uh, and I just focused on the Dark Elves. Because they were doing some uh, dark uh, wood elves and dark elves, if you wanted to like pick up some different... Their war dancers looked pretty cool, actually. Their painted-up uh, yeah. concepts and such looked really good. Actually, you'd probably get a kick out of them. And they have a burning tree man, so a tree man that's on fire. He's quite dark and interesting. But I just went with dark elves, so I've been playing huh. Blood Bowl on the Xbox and... Seeing how they play actually, because I, I was like, I like the. It is I'll just a pretty,
2: it is a pretty direct port of the tabletop game, isn't it?
0: Pretty, pretty close. It like gives you an idea of like, hey, this guy is good at blocking. I should get more of those guys. And holy crap, the witch elves just jump up and run and cross the board. Awesome! I will make sure I have both of those. Gameplay
1: is identical. The only difference being, it doesn't walk you through all of the steps as to exactly why math works out one way or the other. It's just like you click on the space and it tells you what the dice would be.
0: Yeah, it's like one dice, two dice, or like, oh crap, you roll two red dice, that's probably bad, you don't want to throw a hit on that guy, sort of thing. So, yeah. So I've been doing that. uh, What's the
1: other team? You got
0: Dark Elves and? uh, I picked up a undead team. Which one? Uh, that uh, well, they're the undead Renaissance. Oh, nice! So they are skeleton Italians. So and skeleton Italians, mm. yeah. Italians. So I'm the. They've got a couple different undead factions, and the one that I went with uh, was just all skeletons. They have some mummies, which are actually popes. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, I'll show you some pictures after. They're pretty fucking amazing. Zombie popes! Zombie popes. Uh, and then, yeah, skeletons. And the blitzers are a little bit more in, like, uh, armor uh, with flaming skulls.
1: Like Swiss Guard kind like of armor? Swiss
0: Sure. Yes, all of the above. Uh, I'll show you <laughs> pictures, like I said. So It almost looks Spanish-looking.
3: The armor. Like Conquistories?
0: The, yeah, the like the, the breastplates and everything like that. Yeah, Swiss that Guard. yeah
3: Okay, yeah, the Swiss Guard with the but gendarme. It's the same term for the same oh, people. Okay. Or two terms for the same people. But the, you you had us at Zombie Popes. Uh, yeah, they—they <laughs> like,
0: they, there's, like, two that are... There's four different ones, and, like, two of them look freaking amazing. So I'm, I'm just, just like, yes! Yeah. So I spent a lot of money with Grubo Games. But that one is out already. <laughs> uh, I just got to see how fast... They ship from Italy, because that's where they're based
1: out of. Who knows? Are you, are you going to paint them up quick and then we'll play some Blood Bowl?
0: Uh, probably not quick, but I can play some Blood Bowl for sure. So, Oh, and speaking of Blood Bowl, I'm also ordering ten Blood Bowl mats. So...
1: Are you getting custom ones to that? Just dipping
0: a toe in and buying ten.
1: <laughs> Are you getting you know, Maelstrom you know, Maelstrom Gaming to do them down yes. in Calgary?
0: Yes. So he is doing up uh, two custom mats uh, for my event. A third custom mat that will be for a prize at the event, uh, and then I'm picking up pretty much like one of every other mat that he currently makes.
1: So. Oh, so you're not having, like, a full <laughs> swath of sectacular mats? No. It's going to be a couple mixed in?
0: There'll be two sectacular mats with the Onslaught logo, and then the rest so of them. So top table, bottom
1: table? Could
0: be. Could be. Or just random tables that are...
1: Do you have any kitchen. spoilers for what's on the sectacular mat? Uh, the logo
0: of Onslaught? Is that what you're looking for? I don't know what you're going for.
1: I was I was kind of hoping there'd be something a little bit more in theme with the spectacular. Oh no! I, like a bunch of yeah. like jock straps or something littering no, the field.
0: No, I didn't go that crazy. So I just went with the logo. Jock straps will be
1: next year. Different parts and things. Maybe that's a
0: door prize. <laughs> when oh I say door prize? God. I'm just gonna say prizes. <laughs> so
3: so uh, I assume then your, your your blood bowl mat that's going to be for the blood bowl players. Or would that be for like, hey, you? Uh, this is like one of those one of those old out of the basement things where it's like, hey, you're like the best favorite player out of this game set. Here's a starter set or a mat for another game. Oh, you should no. probably try that one.
0: Yeah, no pri- prizes are going to be done a little bit differently this year. So uh, the Blood Bowl mat is going to be for a Blood Bowl player, of course. This uh, this way that I'm doing prizes How this pedestrian. year. That,
1: so. Well, that worked really well yeah. when you had two systems, right? Yeah, 40k and fantasy. It, yeah. Right, and you're like, man, you suck at 40k. Here's a fantasy starter. Man, you suck at fantasy. Here's a 40k starter. Yeah, and what's ironic is I remember
3: people who were at those tournaments where they were like, oh, that's kind of offensive. I'm like, really? That's like an eighty to hundred dollar box. Yeah, they probably more. Like a probably more. more
2: now.
1: I got angry one year when I was like solid competition for last place. Um, this was at uh, Conflict in Calgary, and one of my opponents didn't show up, so I got the I got the buy wins. So it took you out of the running for a free starter set The worst part is, is this is back when Sixth Edge and Fantasy was still going And it was all of the orcs And I was like, I- I've been playing this game already for like six years But I could always use more orcs mm. Oh, I know a prize you should include
3: And it's not going to cost you much either It's going to save you some money, so you're going to like that is it jock straps? Because not the even the again? remotely close. No, I'm not going to go that route. Is it used jock straps? <gasps> There's no jock or straps oh.
0: of any kind. Okay, then maybe I'll be interested. I guess. Okay,
3: so so <laughs> I mean, if you want to put a jock strap on it, you can. Oh, because um, it certainly would have the dimensions for it. I'm um, concerned. No, 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 no. It's, it's <laughs> come on, man. Get to the fucking point. What okay. are you? Gonna... Okay, so so for the person who just absolutely demolishes every opponent, Sandbag. <laughs> Because they sandbag their opponents. You can even
1: put a jock strap because oh, it is football related. Or just fill a jock strap with sand. Oh. And then it's a sandbag. <laughs> S- sandy,
0: sandy jock.
1: And, and icy hot.
3: Because <laughs> then, on the off chance that they're stupid enough to wear it, it's going to be sandy and icy hot. It's just bad news.
0: Inside. Oh. Yeah. I feel
1: like if Ward was to give me a jock strap full of sand, my I would last. You put that
0: on. I, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I, recommend putting that on.
1: I wouldn't even sure. accept it. Wow. I'd accept it. Don't you're not take not, it wrong. You're not
0: playing Blood Bowls. I'd put it on
1: my mantle. I wouldn't put it on my dick. <laughs> like, there's a distinction here.
0: Yeah. Graciously accept it, but...
1: Yeah, I might finger. sniff it, yeah. Yeah. but it's not going near my genitals. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah.
0: So That'd us for everybody involved, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny, uh, anything... So this segment normally, we're like, either things we spend money on or things that have got us really excited that we've seen, like, teasers for... Um, in the gaming world. I'll let you think on that for a second. Dan, how about you? Uh, Well, the obvious one is Necromunda. Because, holy shit, those
2: models look really good. And is it November 1st yet? Because I want those models.
1: Well, and honestly, like, the fact that it's multi-part kits with full customization for, like, a plastic gang kit.
2: Modular, customizable hair, bitches. Yes, I that's all you
0: need to know. Okay, so you're buying it for sure. I'm yep. buying it for sure. I'm sure Steve's going to buy it for sure. I'm waiting
1: for scavies. You can make scavies. I'm waiting for scavies. Scavies, you mean? Scavies?
0: My, I'm yeah. sure Mike
1: Short would. for,
2: like, scavengers, right? I always thought it was, like, a weird STD thing. No, I think the double V is so it's pronounced scabby It's plays off scavenger so oh. scalies are the subspecies of reptilian like turbo tough bastards in the scabby game and isn't scab
3: like in the what is it Cal Jericho books isn't scab or scabby scabs
2: is, is his uh,
3: half henchman um, half rat skin um, you know henchman guy yeah. it, character is what I'm getting at because I, I heard th- scabies and I'm like okay yeah, I, can that's, see, that's scabs. I can see how you could like lump a lot of the terms together
2: but yeah I, I do believe it's scabby Scavvy.
1: Scavvy Scavvy Fine I'm waiting for those ones
2: Oh okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bitches Fair enough And it does sound like There will be some
2: Cool gangs bef- That didn't necessarily Have representation before Like they've talked about Hey we have a Gene Stealer cult range We can like Actually have official Gene Stealer cult mm-hmm. models now uh, So there's It sounds like they want to do All the gangs from Old school Necromunda And potentially new ones as well Excellent I will be buying the
0: X-Men When it comes on sale
2: The Spires? Yes Nice God damn it Ward just to ruin X-Men. everybody's day.
0: Yeah, because because all the other gangs have, like, 15, 20 guys, and then you have the X-Men, which are, like, five guys, and just, like, oh, my suit level's up. Oh, the Spire guys, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to come down and just hunt guys.
1: They were, the in, they were the internal balance machine of, like, one of the gangs are getting too good? Play against Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Three members are dead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes. And uh, it'll be interesting too to see if they do um, the enforcers or adeptus arbites or however you pronounce that. J would be all upon that because if they do multi-part plastic, not judge dread models, that would just be badass. Yes. And they need they need to do that. Can we just call them arbities? Arbites. Sure. sure. Who knows? Who cares? Arbies. Judge Dreads. ETs.
1: I'm really excited to see J's arbities once they're painted up. <laughs>
2: It does sound a lot more entertaining when
1: you say it that way, so I'm going to say, right? hey, let's do it that way. See, it's, I'm not completely insane. I just like saying things that roll off the tongue. Jay's Arbiddy Committee. Oh, shit! Jay's <laughs> Arbiddy Committee does roll off the tongue. Yes. I
0: yeah,
1: like that.
2: I like that. But uh, Trademarked. Yeah, so I think I think the faction I would probably want to do first is the Eshers. And I uh, like how the Esher Wildcat scheme is very reminiscent of the Borderlands Sirens. Do you have the old Eshers? Yes. They're right behind Danny's
3: head. In,
2: in which one of these them? dozen well, bins? That one right
0: there, I can see. The, the bin the, full of the Necromunda I can blisters. see the black. Well, I, mean, yeah, I remember has moving has that, has that, has one. that one. That <laughs> one
3: sucked. Because it opened up and just got everywhere. And I'm like, oh. Even in the raccoon wounds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So
2: I've got Eshers. I've got... I do have some Scavies. Do you? But
1: oh, I've got all man. kinds of good stuff in there. Do you have Scavies you want to hold on to? I don't know. We'll see. All right. I'm going to check out your scavies when we're done recording. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Danny. Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is I do need to get some uh, most pad mats for the new place, and uh, Deep Cut has a gotham theme mat, where it's like a super, almost black, um, like really dark gray streets, and like the vents billowing steam and stuff like that, and it would look super tight, I think, for like Underhive, like really dark, shady, put that... um, uh, Shot of War Armageddon terrain on it and have some like you know hive spire stuff going on. I think that would look awesome for Necromunda. So I might have to get some uh of those mats at some point in the future.
3: Yep, and that should be it for now. Cool Danny, what do you got? Oh geez, okay. Um, well, obviously, I have recently gotten into drop fleet, so I'm not really going to go back into that one. Um, as I mentioned to you guys earlier before we started recording. I am interested, uh, got a bunch of friends, they're, they're pressuring me now to, it's like, you should try Drop Zone, so it's like, alright, well, clearly I'm not gonna make the same mistake and pick up UCM, I'm, I'm gonna go for one of the other factions, cause, you know, they're, they're not hamstrung by how crap they are, uh. Honestly, dude, in
1: Drop Zone, UCM are
3: pretty damn good. It depend, well, it also depends on who you read, because I go online, and I'm like, hey, what are what are some... what What is ideal? What do they do? Like, give me, give me an idea. Guys. I, I Fuck think, those guys. I think
0: the UCM, like, one of the big things that they have is, like, the articulated turrets, and a lot of people play the game with just, like, the buildings. So, so they, they don't, don't have the terrain that lets you use your special rules. Yeah, mm. so that, that would be a big thing. So if you came up with some, like, terrain with, like, broken cars or something like that, where your turrets can actually shoot over them, and...
1: Just don't order them from Amazon.
0: Oh, I'm still waiting. They never arrive. I'm still waiting. It's oh, kind of
1: like me and Kickstarter. It's been like six months them. now. I gotta
2: send them. You can it. order some off of Alex the Steel Warrior Studios website. He bought a fuckload of them off eBay and like broke up the sets. So you don't have to buy them by like the hundred. If you just wanted a few. No, I wanted a hundred. Okay. Well, you're a weirdo. <laughs> he wanted a tournament worth of scatter terrain. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, don't you know how he rolls? Poorly
0: well <laughs> yeah i lose games
2: oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but then there's so there's i mean there's drop zone to consider uh every a bunch of my guys in my crew are like oh yeah Necromunda and i'm like shit it's been a long time i don't even know what to consider because a bunch of them used to play don't have the models anymore but used to play and i'm like oh that was that was kind of fun we okay. also kind of we played Gorkamorka, and, and that was a ton of fun too. And Gorkamorka and Necromunda were roughly around the same time frame, so I'm like, yep. oh, okay, great. Late um, 90s, early aughts. But uh, I suppose if this part of the segment is money you've spent on that you regret or that you can't wait, how about this is not a test, Dan? I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lo- yeah. that, they, got, they got me to spend money too. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah it'd yeah. be fun to play that game sometime, Dan. I've played several games. I played against you. We played like twice. And then it's more
2: than I played against anyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah. So wait, wait,
3: wait, wait, wait. So you played two games, and, and that for you was a lot. Three. Who was the third? Tom. <laughs> and then, then you stopped. Oh, how much, how much, other people. How much did
0: you invest? Uh, what did you buy? So,
3: so looking... Okay, so I went with... Um, ah, jeez, what are they? They're the the, the ones... Brother the, Vinny? Yeah, Brother, nuclear brother, brother sandbox, Vinny's totally nuclear not. Sandbox. not so, so I went with the... Stuff? Yeah, follow stuff. So I went with okay. the Reclaimers, right? Um, but not the, the super... The, oh, and the... Yeah, the super militant ones. Um, Brotherhood of Steel type guys? Ish, yeah. Yeah. So, got a couple of guys where they're in power armor for my main character, and then a bunch of just wastrels. So guys in vault suits or rad suits or whatever, uh, ranger suits. And I'm like, okay, a lot of schmoes where they're probably going to die. But at least they have character. One dude has a wicked mustache. Um, <laughs> That's that, all that matters. It that all, that, all that matters. like I love the model. Um, I also love the fact that you can use anyone's models, really. Um, but the sculpts were good. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I can quickly paint them up um, because... At least with you know having painted forty k fantasy painting the human form is relatively simple once you have something that works and and doing a cloth and skin is easy unlike painting the drop fleet where you're like god there's so many details <laughs> and it's like you could do so well but at what point do you just get like painter's cramp and go insane so that's those are the things I've I've either I'm super excited for or I've I've spent money on where I'm like ah yeah. and now that all my
2: stuff is no longer packed up and in storage. Or in your garage, as it were. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting some gaming in too, because I was pretty into the uh, like I was doing a bunch of terrain for
3: this is not a test and everything before I had to pack up to move. And
2: that then everything totally stayed in boxes for like three months. months. Oh,
0: Should have.
3: Yeah, because he's like this whole. Because <laughs> when we got everything in there, he's like, "Oh, this whole this one uh, um, shelving unit, like all these all these army cases." He's like, "Oh, I've got a few." I'm like, "Yeah, a few dozen." And they're all full of stuff. And I'm like, I should have just picked one and said, mm, that one. <laughs> That's your rent for the month you're here. Let's see what I win. What did I get? X-Wing. <laughs> all right, I've never played it. <laughs> well, why not?
1: Yeah. It could have worked. Yeah. Fair enough. Man, so I had a moment where I felt like Ward. And I... Short? And inadequate? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you yeah, said didn't... short. I was going to say short, so... Okay, fair enough. No, I was... <laughs> I found out about this uh, terrain manufacturer, and they are called Crescent Root, and they do a bunch of pre-painted terrain, and they have this great 28-mil series. I'll show you guys here quick. It, the whole thing is like this Eastern European kind of um, row housing and various other stuff, which would work great for Alfo, really good for War Machine. And I'm like, how much would it cost if I just got... And to be fair, every building also has roofs that are, like, burnt ruins. Mm -hmm. So you can have the whole table set up as if it's pristine or destroyed. You just have to pay more. And they also have a bunch of different colors for everything. So I'm like, what if I get, like, one of everything big, maybe two of everything medium size, and, like, two or three of everything small, and then get, like, all of the add-ons to have the whole thing be, like, fully ruined or fully pristine? How much would that cost me? And it was about 1200 bucks U.S. before shipping.
0: That's, yeah, okay, that's a lot.
1: And to be honest, <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that, like, I don't have that much money in my bank account, like, right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I might have pulled the trigger. Because the... <sighs> that's coming from you, too. Yeah, if Word is hesitating, that's a sign. <sighs> but, like, here's the thing, Word. I'll show you. That was one thing. This is the whole series including, really like, good. a $200 church. It looks really good.
0: But did you contact them and say, hey, you know what, I want to own everything that you have?
1: No, I didn't do that yet, because I'm not... I, again, even if they're like, we'll give you 20% off, I can't afford that right now. But I want to, because how off, like, how cool would it be to play a game of War Machine that was kind of in, like, a cityscape almost? right like you don't have to go full super density but like having a few more buildings maybe some shrubberies maybe like a little park with some trees or something um I totally bonded with some other nerds at the uh, the steamroller this past weekend of just like fuck 3D terrain they're like yeah fuck 3D terrain and like a lot of us are just bitching about th- or no 2D terrain sorry thank you I've had beer <laughs> He's had one. um false um, that I've seen <laughs> um, no, it was, like, everyone was kind of, like, shitting on 2D terrain, so that was actually really refreshing. Um, but, like, the stuff looks pretty damn good, and for what it is, like, I was going to be ordering probably, like, 20 pre-painted buildings with accessories.
3: What still uses 2D terrain?
1: Like, sorry, other I than not bring
0: machine. it up!
2: Okay, I won't. It's A lot of tournament War Machine, machine players game. prefer it because it's cleaner to play on.
3: But... I can get that. I mean, in Drop Fleet, it's the same issue when you've got a parking lot over a cluster and someone's brought, like, 3D-printed stuff, and it's like, that looks really great. Got to take that off the table because we don't have room. We need the space. We need the space. Yeah. So I can understand the For War Machine, but still, like... It ain't my bag. We'll put it...
1: Yeah. No one in this table is an advocate of it. We'll just leave it there. Um, But, yeah, so I almost pulled the trigger on that. And then I've just been buying Grimkin because they're pretty, so... Did you bring it in here tonight so we could see it? No, but there's photos up on Facebook.
3: Okay, just figured you. I know you were painting that one Blanca beast.
1: Yeah. Um. So why don't why don't we segue? Because we were going to talk into our first period, kind of a little bit about the Grimkin, my initial impressions of it, um, the kind of way I've been going about it. I got to tell you, I want to just start by talking about Arcana. No Grimkin Warlock outside of the Old Witch two has a feat. So the way it works is that you have Arcana, and every warlock has, like, their special Arcana that they always have to take, and then you can choose from a pool to others. The way Arcana works is when your opponent does something, you get to say, haha I'm playing my Arcana. And you can fuck them over. So you can only play one per turn, so you're not able to stack this shit. But it'll be things like, if if your opponent casts a spell in your control range you can be like fuck you you don't it uses all the focus it costs to, to cast a spell as well any upkeep spells that your enemy has in play or animi that are up within their control range immediately expire it's like a turbo-dispel scroll. It's a turbo-dispel scroll. Other ones, like, you move into the control range of the Warcaster or the Warlock, sorry, you play a card, and you're like, all right, all your models in my control range are minus two speed. You've got other ones where it's like, okay, uh, like the Heretics one gives you when an enemy model or unit kills one of your friendlies, you play a card, and then any of your models attacking that model or unit get plus two to hit and plus two damage, which can also be transferred if you wipe that model out. So one of the games I played... He had a, a Warjack kill. It, it, like, trampled my shitty Glimmer Imp. And I was like, ha-ha, sucker, put down that card. And then in my next turn, I was able to kill his, um, his Warjack, transfer it over onto his war his Warcaster. Skin and Moans charged the Warcaster. He's like PNS-24, something stupid like that, and just made it disappear. Nathan was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Because he thought he had the game in hand. He was like, I got this, it's great. No. <laughs> false. <laughs> false.
2: False, false. Um, well, that's interesting, because feats are obviously, when they go correctly, they're massive game-swinging events, right? So to have these little minor but more frequent, maybe? Yep.
0: Would you like almost classify them as like a mini-feat?
1: <sighs> they feel like that. Yeah. They honestly... Cause, The thing is, is if used correctly and in the right context, I feel like your opponent can feel like they are a feat, Mm -hmm. but if you look at it, a lot of feats these days have like two effects or one effect that's so good, like, um, things will be like, you cannot run or charge... Um, so like sure the minus two speeds like yeah that kind of sucks but models can still charge if they've got speed buffs of their own like there's still ways to get around it and I find the arcana are easier to work around and you have to be mindful of the fact that it's your actions that trigger them so they are not as strong as a feat but you do get three of them I would argue I don't think they're a third as powerful as a feat I think it'd be about half hmm
0: okay but yeah, like you said, you get three of them, right? So you can kinda of pick and choose and hopefully you have one that'll be beneficial.
1: And honestly the way that I've been the neat thing about it is that you pick your arcana at the start of the game, not the start of the tournament. So depending on your opponent you can actually modify it. Okay. okay. Uh, is
0: there like a deck of arcana? Yeah,
1: that? you've got that's probably ten. Uh, arcana that you can choose from, plus each Warlock has their own automatic one, so you get to choose two from that list. Oh, okay. Um, where it gets really interesting, I find, is that Grimkin plays this like really cool like counterpunch kind of style where you are setting up your opponent to make a mistake and then capitalize very quickly on it. So one of the things that I like doing is it'd be things like, uh, a perfect example of this whole mechanic is a Rose. She's a solo that has Enrage, so if you don't know Enrage, it's plus two to your um, damage rolls. So, or plus two strength, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's, either way you're way better at damaging enemy models. Um, if you kill her for an entire round all of your friendly models get plus one to attack and damage rolls, because they're really sad that she died. Huh. So you have this kind of she's on the table, she does work for me, you kill her, it's maybe more generalized, it's not, it's not going to be the plus two, but it still is, like, army-wide, regardless of distance. So you're kind of trying to set up these situations where your opponent has a no-win scenario. Where it might not be an auto-lose scenario, but no matter how they approach it, it's going to suck more than they want it to. Huh, that's an interesting way of doing it. Which is a really fun which for me, like, I love playing War Machine for the jank, so this is right up my alley. I could not have found a more perfect, both aesthetically and game mechanics-wise, faction for me to play. And it's it's really refreshing, too, because they... It's not just, oh, like, I have this model. And one of the problems I find with War Machine is that you move forward, you feet, and, like, your opponent's either going to have an answer to your feet or not, and then you kind of just kind of play it out from there. Whereas Grimkin's a little bit more dynamic. You're actually thinking and doing things during your opponent's turn, because your arcana is played during your opponent's turn, and then often utilized during yours. So you're actually getting a little bit more of that back and forth that I love about games like Drop Zone or Malifo or... Anything else with alternating activation, right? Like, uh, this is not a test, right? It also falls in that category.
2: Because popping your arcana
1: in the middle of your opponent's
2: turn can dramatically affect what he does for the rest of his or her turn, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: if it's making it harder to cast spells or less movement. Yeah, You can also have it where it gives your own friendly models stealth. So if they're planning, like, a ranged assassination, you're just like, fuck you. Um, All these different kinds of things. So,
2: Hmm.
1: It does seem very different. Um, Other than that, the the models are really cool, uh, they, I gotta admit, the dreadrots were made out of a very soft plastic, which kind of was reminiscent of board game bits, like you know, almost oh. like that soft kind of like zombies kind of thing. Yeah. So that was unfortunate to clean, but the detail on them is still quite high. Like from the painted models, they looked really like decent sculpts and everything. So yeah, the sculpts are great. The casting's not optimal. The mold lines bored you would never. You like it's. I've
0: I've cleaned some privateer plastics and it's no picnic. I don't like them.
3: When you say soft plastics, so like, do you mean like when you're scoring them, trying to clean them, they they score too easily, or do you? No, mean no, like no, they no. Flex.
1: No, it flexes. Oh, Okay, this so it's is like bendable, a... like zombies from the board game zombies, kind of plastic.
3: Oh, okay. I was gonna say like Imperial Assault. Those those models have flex to them, which is annoying. Because I remember my friend Golby, he's like, yeah, trying to clean these was a pain because
0: you know, you're going, and all of a sudden it just goes, whoop, and yeah, score a chunk out of it. Sometimes, yeah, you can do a, b- a bigger chunk out. So, but I mean, uh, Mike had a good tip with, like, using your, like, thumbnail to kind of, like, wear it down and smooth it out that way. Too soft for that. Even too soft for that.
1: Yes. No, this was, I had to, when I was doing some bits, brace it with one finger and scrape or cut with the other. I actually, the, wow. kn- the usual technique of, like, side of the knife kind of scraping yeah. to get mold lines off did not work. You had to carve.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: it sucked. But it's done. I got through the unit of 10, mm-hmm. and the dread routes seem to be the only models in that consistency of plastic. There also does seem to be two different batches. Oh, is that also,
2: like, how there's some Old Witch 2 models where it's, like, drooping and collapsing under its own weight? Yeah. Yeah, some of the... Apparently some of the ones that they were selling at lock and load, they're doing exchanges or whatever because the plastic cannot support its own weight.
1: Which, yeah. and I would like, to, in Privateer Press's defense, they're not the only company to fuck up like this. Like, we all... Mangler Squakes, right? Games Workshop has done this before as well. So, um, and I do gotta keep coming back to the fact that the quality of the models are great, and once they were cleaned, like, it painted up super easy. Like, it wasn't yeah. overly complicated to do the rest. Um... Now, the neat thing about this faction, if anyone doesn't know, is that they are like a limited release faction. So it's not to say that they're never going to get new releases, but they're not part of the regular release structure. So if you're going to be picking up your Grimkin, recognize that what you have now, if you're not okay with that being it, don't do it. If you're like, this is all I need, then absolutely buy away, play away, and it's going to be great. Um, Fuck, I... I got a chance to play against Grimkin at the Steamroller when I was using my Mercs, and that was a lot of fun. There's just it's just so many little fuck you's while you're playing against them. Like you, you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this. It's like, oh, no.
0: It looks it looks like they have a corpse cart or something. Yeah,
1: basically. Yeah, okay. it, it actually also does collect corpses and, and dish them out. Uh, models like the Skin and Bones will use corpse markers, and uh, it, it adds plus one to its strength and plus one to its armor for every corpse marker on it. So if you have five corpse markers on a skin and bones, it is rude. Hmm. Like, we're talking Raphael levels. So. That's an old reference.
0: <laughs> cool, cool but rude.
1: Oh, they're super cool.
0: Like, I'm glad that your audience wow. is probably old
3: enough to get that reference. Anyone 20 years old would be like Raphael.
0: That's okay. I made. I made a really old reference today at work, so. Yeah. Yeah. About, uh... One of the guys is like, we should come up with, like, a way to tag, like, these rail cars. And I was like, yeah, we should do it like the uh, cigar of the Pharaohs from Tintin. And he's like, oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Well, at least the best part is, though, like, when you make these references, they land, right? Because if at least one person gets it, it it's worthwhile. Only
0: one guy got it. It doesn't
3: matter, though. At least one person got it. So I've got a customer who came in today. And they're like, uh, yeah, can you help me uh, 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 with something? I'm like, sure, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. And they were savvy enough. They stopped and they go, okay, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> I'm like, good, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. So we did a Spice Girls reference, two dudes. Fantastic. But the best part is he was old enough to get it, and, and that's what made it good. And that's- His wife on the other hand looked at both of us
1: like we were crazy. Did he actually tell you what he really, really wanted, though? Eventually, yes. Was it paint?
3: Amazingly, yes, it oh, okay, was. Right. Yeah. No, but I was
1: hoping it was like zig it was a <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Whatever that I, is I, I think it's zigzag ha, but but the point is uh,
3: uh, uh, sign, counter sign, it worked, and it didn't matter
1: that his wife was like, you fucking idiot somebody, like,
0: somebody, somebody, somebody got it. Somebody got like
1: it would have been better if you started then propositioning him of like, if you want to be my lover, you have got to get ah, look, when it comes to work, I'm professional <laughs> and I don't need to get sued. <laughs>
2: Just I don't, up. Rem- I don't remember that lyric from the song. You don't?
1: That I'm gonna get sued? It's in a remix. Oh, okay. oh yeah. shit! It's 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 the R. Kelly remix. Um, <laughs> Ooh. I think he was more worried about criminal prosecution than anything. Yes, else. absolutely. Okay. Um, so the I guess the last thing that I'd really like to kind of touch on because um, whenever we have like War Machine or Malifaux segments, it's largely just me like spouting off at you guys. Um, so I, I joined the. Wicked Harvest uh, Grimkin Facebook page. And I got to say, it's one of the most positive, cool Facebook pages I've ever been part of before where, you know, I've been on the Merc page before, or uh, the Scorn page, and, like, you know, every once in a while someone's like, hey, here's a model I'm working on. But for the most part it's very much, like, what are your builds? What models are doing well? Like, how do we make these lists work? Whereas on the Grimkin page, and it might be the fact that it's such a brand new army and everyone's working on it, but there is almost a direct one-to-one ratio, if not in favor of the painted models of like here's the models I'm working on relative to what lists work. Like it's a very hobby oriented group as well. Oh, okay, Which has been really cool to see. Been a ton of different people paint, uh, posting all the way from like Jarrett Lee putting stuff in, in this group. Yeah, he's posting right now. To like people that are just brand new, but they're all putting the effort in. They're all really trying and it's just been a really. It's sometimes really strange to see a very positive thing on the internet. Um, <laughs> is, is <laughs> I get it, that. Is
0: it a popular faction? Would you say right now? Um, like,
1: based locally? on WTC, out of a couple hundred players at the WTC, there was twenty-ish Grimkin players signed up. Locally, at out of thirty-two players at our last Steamroller, there was two Grimkin players. Um, it's kind of hard to gauge because it's so brand new. Like the whole range isn't available yet. Oh, okay. So by the end of September, everything's... <sighs> oh, excuse me. Everything will be a, you sound so excited. Yeah, yay,
2: Grimkin! Yay,
1: Grimkin! <laughs> no, that's that's more of the like two hours of sleep last night. But mm. uh, no, it's uh, it's been really positive, really great to see. And I got to tell you, I haven't had this much fun painting silly-ass models in a while. It's like when I first got into Malifo. So, nice. what about those sweet, sweet elf models for this is not a test? So I love those models, <laughs> but they're a torture to paint because there's nothing there. But you have an Alf tattoo. You also
3: have, uh, We've had this chat. You have a boner for elf. How could that not excite you more that you have nine models to differentiate and paint up?
1: Mm, I just need someone to play against.
3: My shit was packed up in
2: storage. <laughs>
1: <leave it alone. laughs>
3: If you cared enough, you would have dug them out for him.
1: anyway, <laughs> oh Anyways. Feeling very picked on all of a sudden. That's what you get. You know how we always pick on Steve at his house? Steve's not here, man. Yeah, we're at your house. You're like, you've become de facto Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus, Don't I mean, fart been...
2: near any of my armies. <laughs>
1: Um you, oh, do you have don't have, Eldar? Eldar. Do you have
2: Eldar. Oh god, is
3: that that's right. Dan told me that's a thing you guys do. That's yeah. awful. <laughs>
2: yeah. are monsters.
0: Do you have do you have any Eldar I don't yeah, think they're I probably have any up there.
1: Uh, you're getting up there on your Where's own. Where's your arm or your um as long as they're didn't close. you paint up one of I the Yeah, but like I don't some mean, of the Phoenix Lords back I, I think Glenn no, has them. I think
0: Glenn bought it. White but. dwarves have Eldar in them. They just fight, fart by your white dwarves. Oh for god!
3: <laughs> I <laughs> can't believe we even moved. I those don't even have an things. Eldar
0: codex.
1: You don't?
2: No. Oh. I never have had one. Interesting.
1: Yeah. What about the High Elf models? Is that close enough?
2: Ooh, that would probably nope. be Pretty close. Nope. nope. I maybe, see High Elf models are right here. Maybe just nope. to help you. We'll they're they're too close we'll to fart me. Fart by your alien versus predator. Can you fart next to something that's not sitting right next to
3: me? It's right over there. How about Dreadfleet? That's worth a fart. But that's oh, also right next to me. Oh, God, I'm right next to the White Dwarfs. I don't want Ward to fart next to me either. By the way, why do you still have them? They know. were like 80 pounds. White Dwarfs are cool. Well, said no one ever. Uh, sure. Okay, I'll, look, I'll maybe, maybe maybe, like in the early days they were okay, but...
0: I have two copies of White Dwarf three hundred for some reason, and I totally. I think forget. I used to as well. I forget what was in White Dwarf three hundred. Well, it was the
2: big anniversary one that had a bunch of maps and other shit in it. It was just know, like the had, turbo thickish. They had
1: stickers
0: for the paint pots. I remember. Oh yeah, and that's about it. This is we like to go random. Okay, what's the
1: didn't three hundred also have movie marine rules? Yes. Ooh. Okay, go
2: pick it up off the shelf. It's uh, the thick one. Let's do a White Dwarf three hundred okay, off the like, cover. View. Retro White Dwarf countdown <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's no, the double thick supplement.
0: One. It's the big one, dude.
2: It's, it's the, the one that's gray th- spine. Okay, shut up. And it, when you say it's the big one, it's like it's, they're all of.
0: It's the not. Nu- it's the one that has a three, a zero, and a zero. That
2: Ward, is twice as thick as the rest. <laughs> Ward, I just want to say, and they're weird. also all sequentially ordered. So,
0: well,
3: <laughs> I'm trying to find it. And Ward, I just want to say that your <laughs> contribution is clearly, clearly important to this the continued success of this uh, one, podcast. Two,
0: five, shut three, up.
1: sir, three. <laughs> yes, three. Yeah, there it is. White dwarf three hundred. <laughs> all right, <laughs> special bonus period. This, should, <laughs>
0: whenever we're here, we should just like pick up a random white dwarf and like review it.
2: Well, it's funny because when I was setting up all these books, it's half the reason I wanted to have all my like old, old, like wrong edition codexes and stuff nearby. So if we get on some random tangent, we can like pull it off the shelf
3: and back that shit up with cold hard facts. Mm. Random tangents are like a necessity of this group. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's was, there's was how to how to model a dwarf barge Ooh. with Joseph Bugman, yeah. And I remember yeah. that was looking pretty oh, ship rules, yeah. And that was pretty boss. Nice shippy ships. Uh, but where's the big one? Because uh, oh yeah, it was it was the creation I think of the of uh, uh, the white dwarf on top of a shield with Bugman and Gotrek, and it's like yeah, it's not like you're ever going to really play with that model because wasn't it like a thousand points? Uh, it was something stupid and with all kinds of stupid
0: rules. But, but then know, they started introducing those characters, right? You're like, hey, you're on an oath stone, awesome, stand on it, and you're good to go. Yeah, I, I, I th- oh, here, here we go, here we go, space marines in the movies. Oh yeah, movie marines. Page one hundred and thirty. One marine surrounded by a whole bunch of orcs.
3: Yeah, that's right. And like the stat line was Primark esque,
1: so that's that's pretty. Well, much yeah, because they were all like strength and toughness six. Well, okay. Hold the magazine oh, the, for the
0: w- microphone. The, wep- here we go. the weapons were.
1: I'm gonna w- I'm gonna make sound for you guys to hear it.
0: The weapons were kind of crazy, where it's just like, oh yeah,
1: this gun shoots eight times. Oh yeah, like your standard bolt pistol is like four shots
3: rending, and a bolter was like six to eight shots rending. Yeah, so just, a
1: space marine was 100 points, weapon skill, ballistic skill 5, strength and toughness 6, 2 wounds, initiative 5, 3 attacks, 3 up save, leadership 9, um, the dude. Because nice. yeah, they, they, all had, they all had stereotypical trope names. For the characters
3: in movies, I just want to point out though that I'm pretty sure they're bitches compared to Primaris Marines. Uh, Primaris
0: Marines don't. No, like Primaris Marines are
1: just tough or two, wounds. two, that's into two attacks, as opposed to strength and toughness five and weapon skill, ballistic skill or six. Sorry, and weapon skill, ballistic skill five. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's strength. Uh, Their Rhino was 130 points, which, especially considering back in the day, Rhinos were 35 points. I feel like Rhinos now are 135 points. No.
2: Well, Are they expensive. Rhinos yeah. don't have that much gear, but yeah, vehicles got expensive again.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, we had movie marine rules. Um, oh, man, you know how I know this is an old wh- white dwarf? There's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. The Moomakill Showcase. <laughs> the dead elephant special. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, we yes, there's the dead elephant special. Um, also converting up the not-so-dead elephants. Um, oh shit! You still have Do you it you have the sticker still? Apparently, not still that they're the any sticker. good, but oh. yeah, I still they, were have, they weren't they weren't good because you know those paints don't exist Oh shit! Look at this. We have original Dawn of War. Oh my god! This was, is like introduction to Blood Ravens in 40k.
2: The original Dawn of War looks barely above Nintendo 64 level.
1: Yeah, it's that's, bad. That's not good. Oh, that is a Nintendo 64 level, dude. Um, <laughs> but they've got the Prospector. <gasps> Somebody did do up Nasgrub. Nasgrub. So yeah, we got that. Um, lots of space marine shit because it's white dwarf. <laughs> uh, Wait, I'm going. I'm going way back to uh, July issue
3: 222 store copy. It's my oldest one. It's your oldest one. I think Jay might have given me that. At boy, 1. does 5. it show because I remember like the Morty Nine Guard, the Talarians, like and the Vahalans. When I first started playing 40K, uh, one of my friends played Val Hallens, and I was like, great, these guys look so good, and then, of course, it all became really kind of
0: <laughs> dated Dated.
1: Yeah. Okay, so if you want another point of reference for how old White Dwarf 300 was, it is the introduction of the Ogre Kingdoms.
0: Nice. Oh, yeah.
1: So. If you right. have, yeah,
0: if you have issue 300, you should go grab it off the shelf right now and... Take a stroll down memory lane. Yeah,
1: it's pretty solid. So, until next time, this has been another episode of Retro White Dwarf Countdown. <laughs> Let's do the Scooby-Doo
2: ending. <laughs> hey,
3: I didn't realize in this one it's like, how to paint a lizard mensaurus badly, I
0: guess, is the answer. Because <laughs> I've just seen two. Wa- many- look, look, it's washed. Done. Bam. Is that even washed? Yeah. Well, look. Solid. Washed. Oh, that... That is a
3: wash. Yeah, but that isn't badab black, so it wasn't really washed. Well, they had inks back then, bro. It wasn't just You yeah, know, no, those for things days. sucked,
1: man. Shut your mouth, No, sir. they
3: were shit. When they came out with inks, it's the greatest thing they could have come out with. Or not washes. Washes. Inks was awful. I agree. Inks are amazing. No, inks are awful. <laughs> inks stink. Random
2: tangents and strong opinions.
1: I will belligerently defend my opinion that inks are amazing. God, but man. you use them for a different thing, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Washes are... If you want to dip your model, inks are if you want to have more control. So, moving on to our second period, let's talk about more control, Ward... Uh,
0: yes. So, more control. We, uh, or
1: I picked up, I guess, a,
0: uh, device, uh, that you use for weathering. Uh, so this is from Green Stuff World. Um, basically, it is a tube with, uh, foam. And you can, uh, cut the foam, uh, pull it out as you use it. And, uh, it's used f- for stippling for, uh, a lot of weathering. So, if you want to do rust on buildings or vehicles or whatever, uh, the foam technique is a uh, pretty tried-and-true method, and this kind of just gives you a uh, stable platform and delivery device for actually doing uh, weathering on your models.
1: So not to downplay how cool it actually is, but for those of you at home, imagine, if you will, a firm straw with foam in it, and that is exactly what this is. Yes.
0: It's, it's nothing spectacular. It's not cutting-edge science, not space age technology. It's pretty... Basic in the grand scheme of things, uh, but I. I personally don't want to put foam. Does it suck as it cuts? Is it an
2: amazing invention?
0: (laughs) Well, not not super amazing, so.
1: It definitely Um, did suck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: they produce two different sizes, uh, so one is, of course, a little bit, like, larger if you want to do your buildings, and one you have a little bit more control if you're doing, uh, smaller models, uh, weathering cloaks, the bottom of cloaks, and that sort of thing. Um, they come in just square foam, um, so it's highly recommended that you cut the foam randomly, uh, get an uneven texture to apply not in a regular fashion correct yeah so and then as that dries up and you're not actually getting that foam texture if it's like a solid piece of of weathering pigments or whatever solid paint once it dries in there you basically just pull out a little bit more cut it off again uh in a random sort of fashion and then you're good to start dabbing and weathering again so yeah uh, they ended up being probably about a dollar fifty to two dollars each, in the grand scheme of things. After the order,
2: which I do think is probably going to be the main selling feature on these, like they are fairly rudimentary, but they're also not charging you like eighteen dollars each. Like a certain company probably would charge you. Yeah. Even for- five
1: bucks would have been a little absurd for this. Yeah. But at two dollars or less, like honestly. It was, like, I did try it out. It was pretty useful, like, having a little bit, having something to hold on to. Because mm-hmm. what I'll normally use for this style is the pluck foam from my cases. Yeah. Because it's already kind of in that longer, skinnier shape. Rip off one of the sides so it has the less uniform thing. Smash it in the, into some paint, smash it onto a model, and go. This had a smaller surface area. So I think it was actually really good. I didn't use it on space marine armor plates, but... I imagine anyone that wants to use weathering on space marine like shin pads or shoulder pads or that kind of thing and they want to do the sponging, uh, would work actually quite well for that.
0: I I think just having like the grip is a little bit more useful. You have a little bit more control you, you compared to like I did what you did before is just like rip some foam that I had to tear out of a battle foam bag and just kind of smash away if, uh on on the model. Smash away. Smash away. <laughs> um <laughs> no, you, you you totally said waif, dude. A like, waif? when did orphans A come waif? into this? Uh, <laughs> Jesus deserved it. <laughs> but, uh... <That's> so weird. <laughs> I thought I said away. No, no, it's All not right. so weird. Fair enough. It's so ward. Uh, so ward. Um, Hashtag. That's so raven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to that so ward portion of the show.
0: Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh... So I, I found it really good on on the buildings. I didn't really use it, again, on, like, some of the smaller stuff. I prefer a cleaner paint job myself, but, again, weathering, like, the bottoms of buildings or trees or what have you, right, just for some shadows and shading.
1: Or even for a guy like you that doesn't do a lot of weathering, like, maybe a couple chips around the, the feet or, like, boots of, a, of an Imperial Space Marine with armor, right? Dusty. And this way yep. you're able to do it a little, with a little more control. Again, it's... Um, the size is nice if you're wanting something smaller, mm-hmm. right? Like that's
0: yeah. And they and they sell them in the pack, so it's it's a it's a couple bucks. But again, the breakdown is is only a couple bucks per uh, brush. Uh, so well, get, how exactly do you, they sell them? You get two large, two of the larger brushes yep. in a pack, and three of the smaller ones. For how much? I think they were like. Let's
1: just say about five ish.
0: Yeah, something like
1: that. So okay, so getting three for, about three for five. Give or take a yeah. dollar or something. I mean, something. if I
0: really wanted to do the research, I could have. I don't know if need to worry about it. Such. So, are, <laughs> did
1: you find any limitations with these?
0: Um, once you use it all, I'm assuming that you don't, it's not easy to put foam back in.
1: <laughs> but you could use the tube for train.
0: Yeah, you could do. Like, sir, so. I, so I think so. use the tube. So. Like a pen? Uh, yeah. Like a centimeter. The small one's like a pen, and then the other one is probably... Oh, use the tube for the terrain size, like you cut it up and use it as,
3: as terrain uh, bits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was tune, like, Jesus, like the storage. No, 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 no. How big are the pieces we- of weathering, weathering? Yeah. That, that, well, yeah, that image doesn't really... I
1: don't always weather, but what I do, it requires two hands. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: correct. No, no, you're
3: weathering vehicles, so you're just like mashing
1: it like a giant stamp,
0: and you're like, there you go.
3: I just did a Land Raider and Two seconds.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like the the larger one would be like a like a fat highlighter, and then the other one would be like Tom said, like a pen. Do they come the in like bundles or packs? Or is it just yeah. like? Did you just show up to the podcast?
1: I stopped. I was, okay. I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So it, you get three small ones. Three small ones per pack and two large ones for per two bucks. Pack. No. They break
0: three. down to about two bucks each. Okay. Yeah. So, I I less find, interested. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah so like the. Oh, it looks like they're Dan like four like four euros for a pack. His, so like five Google, or six, a couple, couple bucks
0: more. Google Foods. oh yes, his is. Google food is so strong. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, I mean overall, I would probably rate this as a three. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to order them. It's an okay add-on, in my opinion. But again, like wait three how, out of what? Three out of five pucks. We have a puck rating system. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, no one, no one ever told me what the ratings So, was. yeah, so we we rate up We
1: just assumed you listened to AFC. Yeah,
0: thanks a lot.
3: What? Can't help it. You guys don't talk about shit that I'm doing. Now I'm here. We're going to talk about some important we shit. You talk about Drop Fleet. I'm only now into Drop Fleet. Uh, Whose
1: fault is that? Not my fault. Uh, <laughs> Had you been listening to the podcast, you
3: might have gotten to Drop Fleet earlier. Well, I might have also realized that, you know, UCM are fucking hard to play with because it's like. Well, no. Okay, they're not bad, but they don't have a distinct strength. Maybe Um, they're they're very, they're very, they're very cookie cutter. They're very like jack of all trades. That's that's the issue with them. Uh, uh, The only issue, okay, okay, those look really good. The only issue I've got though is like playing against Shaltari. Like I have no fucking clue how to beat those
0: assholes. Yeah, you don't. You don't beat Shaltari. You just join them. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) that actually that okay. You know what? Even if I had to pay like six bucks,
2: what four euros? Yeah, I think it was three eighty eight. dollars currently slightly on sale, but it was, like, under €4 Euros for a pack or t- of two of the large ones or three of the small ones. As silly as the idea of foam in a tube
3: sounded, actually getting to see what it looks like, that is, that is actually really useful.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: I really yeah, like that. And like I said, like, I don't think I'm going to order directly from the site just for those, but if I was ordering something, like, they come out with another roller that I, of course, would need and want— at that point, then, like, well... Why not yeah, tack it on for $5? bucks? let us tack on a, a little bit, because, I mean, it's coming from... No, season
3: With actually. with the weathering, do, now you said it comes in a pack of three, so I'm assuming yes. the density of the foam is different? Uh, No, all the same. Okay. Yeah. So would you prefer that they come out with different densities of foam uh,
0: to create different weathering effects? Uh, At that
1: size, it doesn't matter.
0: No, I think <clears> it's just a matter of, like, cutting your foam. If your foam's a little bit more irregular, um, I think it would still be okay. I don't think that the density of the foam is going to be a huge impact. So, like, um, I wish... I mean, we're surrounded by fucking army cases. You'd think
3: that you'd have some foam here on hand, but like, you see, so you see, like, the porosity or the openings in There's the a foam. little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you have one there where it's, like, very tight openings, so it's it's very solidly together, and one with massive openings. So I, you
0: get kind of lines through it. I think for weathering, though, you want a little bit more opening, or other, otherwise you could just paint it on. Like
1: The other thing, plus, too, like, is keeping in mind, these are the size of like a pencil eraser or smaller oh, okay, a lot of a variety million. in that is not noticeable on that scale, right? You're using that sponge if you have very um tight sponge or very loose sponge, however the fuck we actually I don't know what the right term is for like the density of sponge, but let's say it's really tight, it's gonna just look like you poked it with paint if it's really if it's really loose you're probably not actually going to have enough yeah. surface area think, to do I anything. I think the
2: Goldilocks zone is pretty narrow um, in this application just because, yeah, the tip is 8 millimeters across.
0: and I mean, the, so- the softer foam, like, how much are you actually jabbing on without then, like, hitting the tube against your model and yeah. potentially chipping, right? So, mm. so having... Yeah, so just having
2: multiple of the same, I mean... It I, works. I don't think there's enough variety that you could... Practically
3: get in there to make it worthwhile. I'm Just two of the we'll same say. or three of the same is fine. You have to be gentle. Like the foam doesn't have like a stopper in the back, so like you can you can pull it out, and then there's some something preventing it from either pushing back in. So that you don't just the foam itself, just like the foam the itself, so it expands. Okay, yeah. So that holds it. Yeah, in. it's very low tech because you well you're gonna re- inevitably reach a point. Do you where have yours? Even it's upstairs. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> well, we should have been better prepared for this. But when you're dabbing so and other, then yes. the foam is just at that that one point, it's like a mechanical pencil, right? When you're down to like the last little bit of lead, where you're like you try to write and it goes back in, you're like, okay, well this is now a waste. This is done. Yeah, it is done. Yeah. So you just kind of pull it out and do it by hand.
2: Yeah, the very last bit might have the same. If there's not enough to expand inside the handle to hold it in place, you might get that effect where it comes loose, but Man, by
3: that point, was, you probably got ha- your $1.50's worth.
2: We
0: haven't used it that much yet, so... That's fair.
3: <laughs> Man, the idea of like a small PVC tube filled with foam making a killing off of that. So revolutionary.
1: <laughs> fifty at a time. <laughs> yeah, so I guess for me, I'm pretty comfy giving it a 3 as well just because it's not something that I ever really go out of my way to buy because it didn't really give me much more value above and beyond just the foam that I already have for free lying around. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it is so cheap that if you're already ordering something from them, I can totally see the appeal of just, like, what's that extra $5? Here's three of these weathering sticks. Just fucking go. Yeah. Right? And it's
2: And it doesn't have the bit of effort required to, like, for example, super glue bits of styrofoam to the end of an old shitty brush that you cut the ends off. Like, you can make your own little, you know, spongy applicator for weathering, and a lot of people have and will, but
3: you know it's five bucks somebody else did it already exactly i don't don't have to yeah Yeah, (laughs) and i mean i mean i'll give it a two or a three i mean from from a painting aspect it's like i'm nowhere near the quality of the people at this table like i have one painting trophy to my name um i'm i'm good i'm not seven golden demon worthy here yeah yep yeah so i'm not that good (laughs) nowhere close um, so it's like will I ever find use for it? Uh, probably not. So it's very much a skilled painter kind of tool.
2: Or so if you just want to jab some pigment onto some the boots of some this is not a test survivors
0: or something like oh I have crappy Citadel brushes make to it. do that <laughs> true but uh, so many I mean there's there's enough other stuff yeah that's why I mean like it's it's not like a it must have but I mean like I said like if if it's an add on that you just want to throw on. It's it's not a bad purchase. I it's don't a very
2: think. low risk thing to try
1: out, and Correct. if you happen to like it, it's five bucks. It paid for itself very quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's so many other good things at Green Stuff World that it's it's worth going to their site and checking things out. You're probably gonna find something else you want anyways. Go check it out. We talk about rollers on other podcasts. You should listen. Rollers. Yeah. For models.
2: Yeah. It's like a ro- textured rolling pin, so you can like apply uh, texture to like green stuff for bases and stuff like that. Don't you have...
3: No, wait. Don't you have a ton of those? Yeah. the yeah. Krill those? Yeah. 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 Did you listen to the podcast? No, but we talked about it, and we, we made a whole bunch of dildo jokes.
0: Yeah, I have several.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think... And it, rollers. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah, no, like, the
0: idea of them is, is... It's awesome. I mean, the company puts out enough good stuff. It's a $5 add-on. It's not breaking your bank, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Show
1: so, so fast. If Fair you plan enough. on messing around with chipping or pigments, why not give it a shot? Yeah. Right. Okay, so we've had enough egg on Danny's face for one day. Let's go to a wheelhouse where he's actually got some real useful knowledge for us. Hopefully. Now I feel a little offended because I don't think it was holding my own, but okay, let's go on. <laughs> let's do this well, shit. Well, if
0: you'd listen to the fucking podcast once or twice, yeah, well, if you would have known what, what else was going <laughs> on. So, <laughs> you are giving everybody hope to be on the podcast, though. You're well, like, you, I don't have to listen. Dude, no one wants to be on this I'm, podcast. I'm,
3: like <laughs> I, at this point, you're like, you have two two listeners left, and they're probably like, Man, We only had two. listeners I can't wait for something rele- like revolutionary. When are they going to talk about something other than drop zone, drop fleet, or this is not a test? I don't actually don't think you guys have ever talked about this is not a
1: test. Briefly. we've, we've just, talked about it we've a
3: ton, TVs, haven't
2: we? A bit. I think mostly in terms of like shut up and take my money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were, anyways. We'll we'll argue what we have or have not talked about later. But one of the main reasons we got Danny on board for this episode is the fact that none of us have really ever played um, Flames of War. I thought it was because you were down two guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It Uh, can be two things. Like low bar, better than nothing. No, but really, it's like, I've had models for Flames of War since 2006, and they've never been assembled. Um, But uh, it is a cool game. We've briefly, I think Mike, like, pseudo-dabbled into it for, like, a week and a half. Um, I'm sure he bought it at one point. Yeah, he owns it. I don't know if he's ever played it. Um, But anyway, so a new edition just dropped. Yeah. And I guess uh, for anyone that has maybe kind of been thinking about getting into flames of war or used to play and is maybe looking at bringing other models again. Could you maybe give like a, a quick uh, rundown of like maybe like what's your sales pitch for fourth edition flames of war? Okay. So, um, I'm going to touch on a couple of things there. So you said like the people who have played or they
3: have flames of war stuff. Um, the change from, I I've played since version two. I've, I've been in it since like 2011, 2012 um, and I, so I started in version two, we're now in version four, um, and the change from three to four, I would argue is, is very much like, uh, eighth edition fantasy to Age of Sigmar. It's somewhat similar setting, completely different game, completely different rules. And that's actually caused a bit of division in the community because the people who are just like getting into it. Sigmar. Much like Age of Sigmar. People who are getting into the game are like, this is a great game. And I'll admit, once you, cause the meta change, like what makes for a good list, once you figure that out. It's a really good game. It's not faster like they wanted to. They made some areas more complex, but a great game. Uh, Whereas you have the old school people uh, where they, like myself, where they played version two or version three or even, God forbid, they were all the way in version one, those poor bastards, Um, because that was like the Wild West of Flames. But they're like, oh, I don't like it as much. And and the reason why is, I'll touch on it later, is they can't play gimmicky shit. But my my sales pitch to people who want to play version four is, hey, here's a great tabletop game. It takes you maybe an hour to get the rules, which is really nice because the book, for the most part, hmm. the new rule book is fair like The old rule book used to be that thick, and it, for what you can't... It, for those of you who obviously don't have a video camera here and can't see it, I'm gesturing about of an inch. It's now that thick. It's like... Which a, is less
0: than an inch. Which is now less than Substantially less than an inch. Substantially is. It's, it's, it's,
3: I would even say it's a third or even a fourth of the of the size of the rule book. So it's cut out a ton
0: of rules. It's made it hmm. really simple. So that's two thirds or a quarter of an inch. Fuck you, Ward. <laughs> you smart Just cl- just clarifying. No, they can't see. Keep going. Because <laughs> they can't
3: see. That is one finger, the middle one. <laughs> oh, I was gonna make them guess. <laughs> and then I was gonna do it again and be like that and be like guess which one. Oh, you're mm. wrong. Anyway, so my sales pitch is: um, it's a game where you can you can. Everything's balanced. That's the best part about it, too, right? Uh, It's broken down into infantry, mechanized, and tank companies. And the old meta in version 3 was tanks were great. In the new edition of the rules, now infantry players actually can really stomp the shit out of tanks. Whereas it used to be sit in a foxhole, basically sit on an objective, wait... And win by by timeout. Win by not dying. Win by not dying. Win by timeout or your opponent breaks himself against your lines that he takes a company check and bottles. Now it's no, you can actually go running at him. And they've made it so simple. Like I I guess an example would be um, infantry would move up and it's like, oh, we're going to assault this tank. Better roll a, a, a die and hope we pass a check. Now it's like, no, move up and assault it. You don't care. War is hell. Go and do it. So now there's no longer that, like, oh, we're going to get you next turn. It's like, oh, God, no. There's 30 bases of Russians coming at me, and I can't possibly kill them all. And that Mm -hmm. is sort of how Russians operate. That's Russian tactic. Like, 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 yeah. And then so the game is now, a lot of people would play it because of its historical nature, and it's now
1: actually a little bit more accurate historically. So why would you play Flames of War instead of finding a conventional historical rule set? Uh, okay,
3: so the only other historical games that I know out there are like Bolt Action, which is cheaper than Flames, but I also don't know a lot of people that play it. I've never read any rules. I've never, I haven't even heard anything about it. But I know it's out there. Totally yeah. different scale. Pretty much but all completely I know is this scale.
1: Well, yeah. no, there are there are also other. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but I've got some friends of mine that play World War Two historicals. Isn't there like a Team Yankee or something? A Team
3: Yankees also by Battlefront Miniatures. So Battlefront okay. Miniatures uh, came out with Flames of War. Then they did Vietnam. Uh, Then they did the Arab-Israeli War. And then they did Team Yankee, which is kind of a World War III occurred in the 60s and 70s. Oh, okay. Um, And the new rule set is very... uh, They did things differently with Team Yankee than they did with any of their previous games. And version 4 is very similar to Team Yankee in um, how things work now. So uh, the idea was a a standard game would last two and a half hours... And when I played at e t c several years ago, the tournament games were three hours each, and we had to play six of those, which was nice. That it was two per day because you were exhausted by the third day like it was just uh, you were a mess, <laughs> and it was also like forty degrees Celsius in a poorly air conditioned hall, so it was <laughs> it was bad, and you were sharing a room with forty k and fantasy players, so there was like easily three four hundred people in that room. It just got hotter and hotter. That sounds delightful. Yeah, it's, it's an Iron Man kind of thing. Um, why would you play it over anything else? Because, uh, because they've re-released the new rules. Um, they're focusing on mid-war now instead of late war and early war and so they've released new models new plastics which are really good really basic to put together but once they're painted up you can do a lot with detail there I mean it's very basic in kind of this weird yellow plastic they chose but once you prime it you go painting it highlighting it up it's like it looks really sharp so their plastics have improved considerably Uh, they're still supporting the game like I said I'm sure there's other World War 2 games out there I haven't heard about them and I don't know
1: anyone that plays them. Crossfire, Poor Bloody Infantry. There's like there's a handful out there. So I guess if I'm trying to understand what you're saying then, Flames of War maybe has a more stable or consistent community. Like you might have three or four dudes playing Crossfire in their basement, but you're not necessarily gonna able to go to a game store and get a pickup game of that. Yeah, there's you're not I mean, I've
3: I've never seen I've never seen anyone played at Thundergrounds or Mission or uh uh or any of the other hobby stores here in the city, um, whereas I've also never heard of any any tournaments for anything other than Flames of War. Like I've traveled to Regina, uh, Saskatoon. I've yet to make it out to BC for those. But again, I flew all the way to Serbia to play in a tournament, which was in of itself an experience. Did you hear it was worth it just for the donairs? Oh, dude! <laughs> like the exchange rate's crazy.
0: The food is amazing. <laughs> the people are awesome. So in in Flames of War, there's, again, several different factions. Uh, So what would you say are... How many factions are there, and are there sub-factions within the factions? Like, if you're playing British, are the Canadians in the British? So there's there's British,
3: Mm -hmm. there's American, there's Soviet, uh, and then there's German. And uh, then you have... There are subgroups. So in certain late-war books, and we predominantly play late-war because it's when everyone has all the cool toys, there's also... um, Oh I should backtrack by saying that the the game is broken down to the early mid and late which is nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty one uh forty two to forty three and then forty four forty five um and so in forty one in in the early war it's mostly soviet versus german there there is the french um there are the free french as well um so you have the standard army and then you have kind of the the resistance army you could play as um they suck just straight up. They're shit. <laughs> it sounds um, like it's right up Tom's alley. Um,
1: <laughs> resistance. French. French, French and
0: resistance.
1: Yeah, dude. Dang. And shitty. Like, this is. <laughs> that is my kind of special snowflake. Okay. So
3: problem is i don't know anyone that plays early war that's the issue right it was mid or late um but the game the rules kind of uh, uh, or at least in version 3 the rules were the same regardless now mid war being their first release in 10 years it's come out with its own new rule set it's for me it's a little confusing cuz you get these new cards that come with everything and it explains like what your different roles are and what they're hit on and blah 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 but i'm like okay that's that's a lot to relearn like it's a lot to go on. But once you get the hang of it, you're like, okay, this game's actually super, super fast. Um, but there's uh, there's also, in the German side, there's Hungarians because uh, they were allies. Uh, the Finns technically were allies. Um, I mean, they were German allies because they didn't like the Soviets. And then by the end of the war, they're like, you know what? We don't like Germans either. So <laughs> um, that is a little bit represented. Um, Canadians are part. They, they do use the British rules because obviously we were we were... Still pretty tight with them at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they have their own unique unique things. Um, the other thing is that all the different lists, like I said, infantry, mech, tank, in some cases fortified, um, for all the different nations, everything is about as historically accurate as the records can prove. So, like, for the, the Americans, the British, and the Germans, they kept really, really good records. So when you open up your Army book and you're like, okay, I'm going to play this... Um, this tank company, the Seventh Armored, where Patton and uh, uh, Creighton Abrams uh, were, uh, like they, they, that was the, that was their thing. That's where they came from. That's those. That was their actual unit, a division that they oversaw. Um, all of the units that are that you can build a list out of, they would have had access to. But with the Soviet stuff, it's kind of like, well, none of those records survive. So you're like, ah, it could have been there. Who's to say it wasn't? So they do have a lot more more freedom. But yeah, there's a, what's cool is the fact that there's a lot of flavor, a lot of special rules for those sub-armies. And if you like the the history, it's, and you like the history, it's it's still kind of there. Into yeah, the game. okay. We I've got a guy, uh, we've got a gamer, I should say, where he plays Hungarians and he plays a historical list. And I'll tell you now, if you try to play a list because you just want it to be historical, but you don't want to take anything good, you're gonna lose. Because <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to take any. I don't want to take. You know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna take tigers instead of panthers, and it's like, well, why would you do? Why you wouldn't do that? I just, as a gamer, you would not do that in the game. But he goes, no, it's historical. I'm like, well, they would have had those. He goes, it's not as historical. I'm
1: like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to help you win a game. You're making it hard. So my question based off that, do you feel that when you're playing this game, um, how important is list building versus how you use your army?
3: Okay, so in version four, um, units, so in, uh, I guess... That's a fairly large question. Um, in version three, a unit would break if it was if it was put below fifty percent. So well, let's maybe. simplify for a second. Then is it like a
1: forty k where you like or a I haven't played forty k since fifth edition. Well, okay. How about this? When you set it when you set it up, do you have a sense of who's going to win or lose based on the lists that you, the two of you are playing? It's down to mission and terrain
3: because army. Like I said, armies are balanced, so it's down to like you know is the is the. Is the, tr- is the board wide open and your infantry versus tanks, and the infantry has to move to go defend an objective? The tank player's probably going to win, but that's more down to the table than it is the actual armies.
1: Okay, so let's. So,
3: but it's not a game that is decided at the buy models phase? No, not at all. Um, and, and I guess the nice thing is, in version 3, you had, you had this weird algebra going on where infantry were at the bottom. And they, and to determine, they They, defended, they automatically, in rules with the defender rule or defensive rule, they automatically defend it. So you always knew that you were going to have to set up and defend. And if you knew some of the missions that might be coming up, you knew like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to start in this corner, and I'm going to have to move to that corner to, to defend an objective. Well, that's no good, because if I'm up against an opponent that's either infantry or mech, they're going to have fast assets that just run there, sit on it, and go, come at me, bro, and you can't win. So now they did away with that in version 4. Now it's just, you can roll off, or you could randomly determine, or you could just say, hey, I have more infantry platoons than you, I'm the defender. Or I have more tanks, I'm the attacker. So there's no real hard and fast rule anymore. So So you're not always stuck playing one play style. Correct. And as for, like, it's not, um, you know, it's not like who has the best models. It's like arguably the best tank in the game was a King Tiger, because it was so heavily armored, had a great anti-tank. It was the go-to for new players, because you couldn't fuck it up. And with a name like King
0: Tiger you'd better be the best tank
3: yeah right yeah. like the Germans loved heavy artillery they loved heavy tanks so you couldn't screw it up and I played a guy uh, where he had five of them and um, he's like you know it, he thought it was great I'm like okay well I'm gonna show you why it's not and I was playing 7th Armored which is just regular Shermans um, the King Tiger reaches out and touches them they're gonna die but it's in that case it was okay I'm gonna I have to be smart about using the train and playing the game and then the rules as well. Because admittedly in version 3 there were gotcha rules. Like, oh, here's a platoon. Here's a guy. I'm going to shoot at the platoon and the guy. Okay, what does that mean? The guy has to join the platoon. Your 1IC, 2IC to, has to join that platoon. Which means what? Which means now, those, even though I declared two different targets, now they're one platoon. Those hits can be evenly distributed. I now have the capability of killing a second tank that I wouldn't have had before. And, oh, wait, there's a 1IC, 2IC next to each other? Cool. They make their own platoon, I don't need to have a separate platoon nearby. That one catches people, uh, caught people by surprise too, because they're like, "Wait!" So now they're a platoon, and they both get assigned hits. Yep. Pop. Rather than just killing
0: one. Rather than killing one, it. you
3: can actually you can actually say, "Oh no, I'm going to hit this guy too," and then you. That have sounds to... pretty convoluted. Like like stripe, uh, strafing, and both of them are hit. Uh, so, like a good example would be, um, you come up behind them. Like say there's there's two heavy tanks. They're they're shooting at something. You come up behind them and you're like, okay, they're clearly like they're not part of any platoons. They're they're independent. They're your one IC, two IC in version three. They're, they're your independents. You shoot at one. He automatically like doesn't even get a choice. Automatically has to join the other. So if if someone made that mistake, you didn't even have to declare anymore. But the only, when it was a platoon and the guy, you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot at the guy. Then he joins the platoon. And then you get to, then he has to get assigned hits, too. So mm. if people weren't careful, there were little gotcha rules in the edition that you could manipulate. And boy, was I good at that, too. <laughs> like, a great one was you can assault any unit within eight inches of a unit you shot at. So let's say that you've got anti-tank guns behind infantry Well, you move up. You shoot at the anti tank guns. You assault. You hopefully kill them or pin them, and you assault the infantry. It's like you can't do that. Yes, I can. Oh, yep. And push you off the objective. So that is one that caught people by surprise a ton. Now in version four, they did away with that. I mean, you still can do that, but that's about the only gotcha rule in there, and it's not even a gotcha rule because it's not like a little line mashed in that giant book. I mean, that book just got a lot larger. I realize in my from my
1: original measurement, but... It's okay. At this table, we understand that estimation of inches is not always accurate. Yeah, there we go. A lot of aggressive measuring, eh? <laughs> you get a little bit
2: excited, and the measurements start growing. Look, where it, it happens. happens. <laughs> anyway, um, Dan, you got a question? I might have at some point, but now I've forgotten it. Old age sucks, does oh, I was going to ask, you know. actually, like, how the... It's not really directly related to your example, but I was more looking to clarify, like, how the... Um, like the army book setup is is it like 40k where you have a core set and then a separate book for each army or is it like one book for each era or some combination thereof
3: so uh, you've got the main rule book which governs uh, at least in this edition now it governs early war and late war Okay, and then the books are broken down into era so early mid late and then of that era, they're also broken down into certain notable moments. So they're compilations. So like Battle of the Bulge, there's the Allies. Okay. And there's the axes. Um Operation Overlord, which was the beginning of, of the late war period for the, when the Americans got involved. Um, Amer- allies, Axis. So they've broken it down into that. And uh, they've also done stuff where it was like Red Bear and... and uh, um Soviets. Well, the red bear Soviets, but the uh, gray wolf. I was going to say white wolf, but that's something completely different. Red bear and gray wolf, which was the German stuff in the Eastern Front, and the and the Soviet stuff late war. And okay. no, the nice thing about the books also is you flip through and it actually gives you um, like the, the historical operations that were going on and, and what happened there. So it's all it's not just bullshit. It's it's like no, this is this was the turning point in the war for this, and so it's it's really cool. And a lot of us in the community are, or we're history buffs, right? We've had members that served in the war um, or in World War Two, and so this is kind of like our respectful nod to them. Um, and that's the other thing is like none of the books, like you know, people might get upset, like oh, well, you're playing Germans, you're playing Nazis, like yeah, there's none of that in this book. It's just you had people who were fighting for their country. You could argue that they were fighting for what was right, but the thing is, it's all dealt with respectfully. Because everyone lost. Because every like there was deaths on all sides. So no one came
0: out really a winner. Everyone, there, there were no winners. There were just survivors. How good is the company, uh, you mentioned uh, new models and such coming out. Yeah. How good is the company for allowing players to use existing models that they've had from previous editions? Oh, 100%. Yeah?
3: Yeah. Tournaments used to be like, you could use the plastic soldier stuff. But your army had to be... Depending on who was running the event... So if it was like a sanctioned Battlefront event... 75% of your your army had to be at least Battlefront miniatures. Which isn't a hard thing to do. Um, and I guess Plastic Soldier is one of those other companies out there. But they don't have their own game. They specifically just made models to be used in flames... That were super cheap. Like 70 bucks for 12 tigers. Where a tiger... Which, and like plastic, which was a pain in the ass to build... Not very detailed, as opposed to the resin and metal model that Battlefront put out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like eighteen bucks for that one model, but damn, it was gorgeous. Hmm.
1: Okay. So. so on the topic of sanctioned events, like how is Battlefront for supporting the game and the community? Like, oh shit! Do huge. they have? Uh, campaign supplements that clubs clubs can get with different swag. Is it just tournaments? Uh,
3: so it depends on the size of the game. Um, you can you can submit it to the sales rep because the ter- there's territory sales reps. So um, I think it was yeah last year um, I ran um, uh, our annual tournament. This year we're no, there wasn't because of the new version change. It hurt a lot of butts. Mm-hmm. So uh, I decided to take a year off because. I've been running this the, the Edmonton Club for so long but I'm just, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> so I'm not as, admittedly, I'm not as engaged in it as I could be. We just play for fun at All-Star. Um, and we have another group that plays out of Thunderground, because uh, they're military guys. So they're all on the base. So they're like, oh, we want a game here. All right, go there. Um, but as for support, you you it was really cool. We just said, we're having this event. This is so how many people we're having, and this is what it's called. He goes, okay, um what you want the trophy inserts to say so like the plaques so we did a plaques for everything and so um, it was you know Battlefront Sanctioned Event and there's this whole uh, if you go to What Would Patton Do they have uh, Battlefront Scoring not Battlefront Scoring but they have like ranking uh, because there's a a Masters Tournament and I think it's like the top one or the top four people in Canada and the US get invited and then Hmm. yeah The Tournament of One Tournament of, of, well, one guy gets a free invite, the rest <laughs> oh, okay. gotta pay their way. Um, but uh, it's like, yeah, it's like the top sixteen players in the U.S. and Canada. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so it's like pretty, pretty
0: invitational, invitational, rarefied country. Gotcha. Yeah. What would you recommend for players that want to start playing this game? What's the best avenue to go with like a uh, rule book and a starter? Oh or... uh, I don't I mean they don't have uh,
3: the the starter that they have was an open firebox, which is like here's some infantry, here's some tanks, learn the rules, fart around, get used to it. I would recommend um, grab like go find uh, um, like pick late war because that's when all the cool toys are, right? Mm-hmm. That's when the, our, I feel the game is far more balanced. Uh, early war, it's just like, oh, I'm German tanks, oh, I'm Soviet tanks. Yeah, why would you ever play anything else? Because it's like you get hordes of infantry; they just die. Um, but I would say play infantry, play infantry or mechanized, um, because one, you're mostly infantry, which save they have great saves. The rules favor them now. Artillery is really effective. It's it's a very forgiving army to play. You're going to learn more of the rules faster than if you play tanks, because there's more things that affect you and less things that affect them, like special little fiddly rules Um, plus it's like you can find some pretty decent boxes where you get a lot of the stuff you need for reasonably cheap or reasonably priced the only issue is painting Itty little stands like a stand is maybe two inches by an inch uh, of infantry um, for the base and then it's like four to five guys on the base and there's like a lot of detail in those little models God, it sucks. <laughs> so, what I would recommend is play uh, uh, German infantry, American infantry, or British infantry to start with. The reason I'd say don't play anything with Soviet infantry is because a German platoon or a, so, an American platoon and a German platoon are like nine to eleven guys. It's a lot, but it's manageable. Guys or bases? Uh, bases. Sorry, bases stands there. It's it's manageable, right? It's it's a good meaty platoon. It'll do things. Soviets are like the small one is twenty and the big one's thirty stands of infantry and it's like fuck that that's that a gets lot of guys of fast yeah so i mean yeah so i will say the soviets in the new edition whoa, they're good they needed some love but i am not patient enough to paint that many guys
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is totally fair yeah it is fun that the one thing i've been sitting on for the last 11 years is a soviet infantry battalion oh yeah they got real good <laughs> Like 250 <laughs> points,
3: and that's, I guess, a, a a good game is 1780, 1780 points. An inf, uh, now with the new artillery rules, uh, the, the the Soviets could, for 250 points, get three artillery platoons that are also anti-tank guns, but they have the bombardment capability, so they have they can shoot at infantry direct, they can shoot at tanks and, and, and direct. May, maybe hurt them, but not really. But the big thing is you have three artillery platoons. For a fraction of the points that most of the other uh, uh, um, uh, armies or nations have, and it's like, why would you? Why would you need anything else? Hmm. So it's like that's that right there, right there, 250 points, bam! That's a great starter. You can build anything you want around that. Yeah, it's frustrating how good they got. Huh. And I'm someone who only has Soviet tanks, no infantry, because again, <laughs> I'm not that patient. So Tom, you're in good, you're in good hands there. You got some good stuff.
1: Get well, Peyton Tom. Got other shit to do. <laughs> yeah, like Grimkin. But no, it sounds pretty cool. Um, well, looking at time here, is there any kind of like last thoughts you want to give anyone um, before they think about getting into Flames of War or any info you may want to give people? Like, where can they find page. you
3: um, okay.
1: and your community? Uh, so our page is the on Facebook. It's the uh,
3: Flames of War. It's the Edmonton Flames of War Fusiliers. Um, and I will say that. You're probably, if you go looking online for anything, there's going to be a lot of just disenfranchised, crappy older gamers. And I say crappy older gamers because the reason why they're so butthurt about the new edition is because they can't play gimmicky bullshit armies that had a a one trick pony that allowed them to win games. So they're very upset about that. So if you see those comments, disregard them because they're just very negative about it. And and if if any of these guys listen to this podcast, they know who they are.
2: Because they're in Calgary,
1: and they're shit at the game. Because they relied on those games. Shots fired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're always very tame with our comments on this podcast, so this is so atypical. Yeah. Yeah, true. True, true. But, uh, no, honestly,
3: it's it's a good game to get into. Uh, It's a a well-supported community. And the one thing I'm proud of in our group is that with people who are wanting to play, we'll let them play a game, we'll run them through a demo, or if they just want to play themselves, after a turn we go, here's what we would have done and why and then even with players in the game like uh, uh some of my guys after playing a game with them whether i'm uh, not going to toot my own horn but more, more of the times i win than i lose i go here's what you should have done differently here's what you should drop out of your list if only because um it doesn't suit their play style or it doesn't work for
2: um the new meta so there's like you supportive players and teachable moments and that sort of thing
0: yeah do you do you win games in fourth now? Because you said like that you used a lot of like gotcha moments from third So the thing is you got rid of Yeah, I still do because okay. <laughs>
3: because it's it's figuring out like so so I guess the thing I wanted to say earlier on was in version three a unit would break if it got below fifty percent. Now there's it's like no it would break if it's below this number of tanks or this number of infantry. And then the army as a whole will only break if these select things which form part of your formation break. So before it was like, okay, you have six platoons. If you lose four of them, then you're rolling. Now it's like, oh, you don't care about that support stuff. You only care about these core units. If they're still alive and everything else is dead, you're not in any danger of running. You're good. So that's why the frustration of Soviets, it's like they have 30 stands of infantry. When do they test? When they fall below three. <laughs> Get <Whoa>. fucked. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> How about Soviet tanks? They're, they're, they're super, super cheap to buy, like T-34s or, or Lend-Lease M4s. Uh, You can get, like, up to ten tanks in a platoon. When do they test? When they fall below two. Fuck you. It used to be when you killed five of them. Now it's below two? Ah! (laughs) So, yeah, I still win games, but now it's a lot closer. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, fair enough.
1: (laughs) Cool, good to know. Well, um, board, what's coming up? Oh, man. That I didn't prepare. For. Oh, shit. Okay, well, we know Onslaught's happening.
0: Onslaught's coming up. Uh, we do have uh, some other events. There is a steamroller uh, November 4th. Uh, we also have <laughs> a uh, another steamroller down in Calgary, do we not?
1: I'm also looking. There's a Malifo event happening in Red Deer at the beginning of October.
0: Yes, October 2nd, I want to say.
1: We're, looking. We're Tom,
0: looking. Tom Tom's on it. We got yeah. we got top men working. Okay, on it right well now, top, so. top top men. men top men.
3: So so while they're while they're busy using the Google, I got yes. it. Uh, while he's still busy using the Google, uh, <laughs> what games are going to be at onslaught?
0: Uh, we've got nine systems uh, this year. Uh, we've got uh, on the Friday or er, not on the Friday on the Saturday. Uh, we've got forty K uh, with eighth edition. We've got Ninth Age Fantasy going on. Uh, we've got the first ever Onslaught Sactacular Cup, and we've got Drop Fleet. Wait, you said sac- Sactacular Cup? It's called the Sactacular Cup. For Blood Bowl? Yes. Okay, I was really worried. Because <laughs>
3: knowing this this group, you keep mentioning sacks, and yes. it's like, well, that's why we were.
0: Yes. Ah, okay. Ninth, ninth Age is currently sold out. Wow. I have a waiting list of four more players. Are you fucking kidding me? No, not at all. Uh, Blood Bowl is 50% sold out now.
1: Out of how many? Twenty. Uh, Out of hundred percent. Shit.
0: Forty uh, k technically has six spots left. Out of how many? Uh, twenty six. <whistles> uh, well, because ninth age sold a couple already, and then we'll have to go from there. Um, and then <laughs> drop fleet uh is just under fifty percent sold. Wow. So yeah, uh, on the Saturday or on the Sunday, little ola, there we go. Sunday we've got Malifaux. Uh, we've got Age of Sigmar. We've got Drop Zone. We've got <laughs> Infinity. Infinity. And and X Wing. So uh Infinity is fifty percent sold out. Uh with twenty players. Capped. Uh we've got room in um Malifaux. still lots lots of room. We still got lots of room in X Wing. Um drop zone is over 50 percent sold or 50 percent sold right now um yeah so saturday right now if you want to get it on saturday you should really look at that so the weekend pass has been really popular so yeah
1: yeah and don't forget too that there is going to be open gaming and drinking and eating all night well not all night but until the wee hours of the morning
0: Yes, I do want to go to bed at a reasonable time. So, but yes, we will be gaming. Uh we'll have tables open for late gaming. So, if you want to bring a board game, if you want to bring a system that doesn't uh show over the weekend, uh <coughs> BattleTech Dan. Uh BattleTech. I'm paying than, attention. More than welcome to uh to come and use some tables and some terrain on the Saturday night. So,
3: I'm doing to the same thing for War Machine. Water. Well, originally we were going to do some Flames of War, and I might—I uh, know a bunch of my guys that are uh, playing Drop Fleet or Drop Zone, mm-hmm. and we might—we uh, might see about that. Yeah, it means bringing a tub of terrain, but
1: drop now. Yeah. Just in do part. some like low points, cash stuff in the evening, right? Like we're probably going to be doing something at thirty-five points or lower for War Machine.
0: It's nice because it shows off other systems, gets some interest in in uh, players for looking at other other games if they're. So it's a great fun.
1: opportunity for running demos and showing things off. Exactly. Are you going to be playing any games? Possibly Saturday
0: after. Uh, most likely I'll be drinking rum.
1: So. You should play some War Machine Saturday night.
0: I'll most likely be drinking rum. <laughs> <laughs> might, I, might I suggest,
1: uh, uh,
3: would you appreciate if I bought you a little plastic coffee pot? Oh,
0: yes, Because unlike the glass
3: one where, you, let's be honest that's gonna break. Plastic one, you can fill that full that thing full of rum. It's a little and red bit more
0: Bowl. durable when I get angry I can throw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: plastic will yeah. work. We'll make you some we'll make you a coffee pot of rum ball. Ooh. Or rum I guess. It's red oh. bull and rum. It's gonna <laughs> that, fuck you up. I don't know how that's gonna work. Poorly.
1: Okay, so uh moving on, we do have the welcome back to Malifo at Nerd City on October first. Registration's at nine AM and six thirty is when it hypothetically is ending. This isn't Red Deer. Twenty bucks to enter. 50 Soulstone Gaining Ground, and you can contact gord.wepler at gmail.com to sign up or if you have any questions. I think that's all we have for events. As always, if you guys are running any events or know of anything happening that you want promoted, send us a message on Facebook or, you know, link it on our page. We're more than happy to promote any events that we've got coming up. So. Please do that, right? Uh, I would also like to send a, a nice thank you to Danny for putting up with our shit for the last hour and a half. So it's okay. I appreciate coming out to the only podcast
3: I'll probably be invited to. So I appreciate... Or ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, well, that was
1: implied. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it was awesome. a pleasure. <laughs> um, so uh, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada from Hobby Night Studio B. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Danny. And pay your fucking bottles and have a good time.